What's up, y'all? Happy Monday! Welcome back to Chill to Action on the Call to Action Network. As usual, it's your girl, Daddy Joy, here hanging out with my favorite co-host, Mr. Paul Denuzio. It's me, it's PLD, and I am psyched to be here with this guest today. We have a lot in common, I feel. We've discovered that over the course Usually, of the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Big round of applause for Tim the Tank Franco. Burr, 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 burr. Let's do my Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Hey guys, thanks for letting me. Thanks for, thanks for having me on. I know this has kind of been kind of like something we've been wanting to do for a while. So I'm glad we could make it work, and I'm glad to be here. And looking forward to uh, having y'all talk to me and seeing the chat engage. And yeah, let's just let's have a good night. Yeah. Celebrating Danny's birthday. That's right. Happy birthday, Danny. She's like 22. Yeah. 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 Yeah, 22. 22. What's up, yeah? I don't know what the Mohawk. All the people loving the Mohawk. Loving. Yeah, this is my uh, quarantine haircut. So, yeah. I had, like a, I had like a faux hawk like right before it happened. And, and then it was just, had, it had this weird, you know, it was growing because like this was all longer and this was like even longer. So I was like, I'm just going to do a Mohawk. I do them every now and then. So I was like, I'm. Now's the time to do it, so I did it. I love it. I love it. I hope we get to see you play a match with that hair. <laughs> I would say grow your hair. The bigger the quarantine gets, the hair just gets taller. <laughs> <laughs> just go, like, full no effects I mean, it's it been like this for like... a couple weeks, so it's definitely great. My hair goes really fast, so I'm going to have to make a decision if I want to keep it or just, you know, we'll see. I say you keep it for a little while. Go just for it. keep it until I can go back to work. Like yeah, a, like go back working. to the office. <laughs> I am working still, just not from uh, not at the office. Right, staying safe, staying safe. Thank you so much for that. Well, Tim, welcome to Chill to Action. And as usual, we always like to start off with the same question for all of our Schmodown guests: Why Schmodown? How did how did you get started playing in the Schmodown? Um, so it all started back in the 2017 season. Um, Robert from Late to the Party is the one who kind of introduced me to the Schmoes and to the Schmodown. So I had become a fan uh, the season like prior to the Collider, the Collider season. Um, right. Watched it all. Went back and watched everything up until then, then just started following it from then on. Um, and Robert and I, we were just super big movie fans. And we just, we would quote me. We worked together at Best Buy back in the day. And we actually went to high school together, um, graduated the same year. But we weren't actually really friends in high school. We didn't become friends until we worked together, which is kind of weird because we're very similar and have a lot of the same interests. Um, but we had started talking. They, they had launched their channel late to the party, and they had talked about how wanting, they'd wanted to do reactions to the Schmodown, but they didn't want to just do them without knowing if like they were allowed to do them. And they didn't have a relationship yet with Christian or anyone, so they couldn't really ask, really, and they didn't really want to put it out there. Um, and then Christian kind of put the call out there himself and said, "Hey, I want people to start reacting to these." And so that was our like that was like our call to action, you might say. And uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, Robert and Vanessa they did one, and then <laughs> and then they invited uh, Ashley and I to come on uh, another one, and we just kind of kept going after that. And then Christian contacted them um, and invited all of us to come out. Um, well, first he was like, so when are you guys, are you guys ever in LA? And Rod's like, well, like occasionally, not super often. Um, and he was like, well, you know, next, if you're ever out here, just let us know. And we'd love to have you for a taping, just like to watch and see what's going on. Um, fast forward like a couple of days or whatever. He, he messages back. And he's like, Hey, uh, can you come to the free for all? 
this weekend or whatever. And it was like, it was like four day notice or something like that. And we all collectively, we had like a, our own little group chat and we were all just kind of like, no, that's, there's no way that can happen. Like where we all have full-time jobs. We can't just like drop our, what we're doing and like go drive to LA or get to LA for the free for all. Um, and then we kind of like thought about it and we were like, can we? <laughs> and then we made, we made, essentially, long story short, Robert talks about it a lot on different things you can hear, but uh, we, we made it happen. We, we went to the free-for-all. We watched the first the first free-for-all um, in studio, and that was incredible. So we got to see the, you know, the Andreco um, uh, elimination. Um, Robert, myself, and Sam Levine were the three people in studio who knew the annexation of Puerto Rico question from Little nice. Giant, and we screamed it out. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and then at that, when we were there, Christian, as soon as we walked in the door, Christian was already like, we want to have you guys like compete. That's like what we want to do. And so he was like, you know, I want Robert Vanessa to compete in teams. He's like, I want you for singles. Um, that's kind of where it all started. Then it kind of snowballed from there. And then he, you know, set me up with my first match. And he's like, I want you to play Atchity. You know, it's got a nice, you know, it's a uh, big reward if you were to win, um, which, you know, spoilers, I did. Um, but also spoilers, I kind of like semi-retired and didn't really compete again for a very <laughs> long time. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of like the short version of how how we how I became involved in the showdown and and it's just a lot of fun. You know, it's it's a, it's a thing for me. I just have a lot of fun doing it. It's just I've always loved movies and I've always been big into trivia and I have a really my brain can just hold a lot of information naturally. Um, right. That's probably why I got. That's probably why I have a degree in history and just remember remember things. Um, so it's, it's good to be able to put that to use. I feel like finally after all these years, that's awesome. I mean, I do remember when you beat Ashley, we're like waiting for you to have like, this big run and then never quite, quite got there. Cause just cause you're, I'm sure cause you're in Arizona and it makes it tough. Yeah. You did uh, get to come back. You got to find a team up with Crimson Fury. Crimson Fury. Uh, how was that? I was working with Stacy Howard. Um, that was great. I mean, Stacy was awesome. She was a great partner. Um, we always had these little powwows right before matches planning. The uh, the actual the reveal was a lot of fun. So That's the, way that, the, way that, the way that happened was uh, Robert and Vanessa were going out there for a match, and they didn't obviously they didn't know who they were competing against. They knew it was Stacy and her partner. And um, uh, I had an annual pass to Disneyland that that year, last year essentially, and so it wasn't uncommon for me to be in the LA area. Um, going to Disneyland. So uh, we had a Disneyland trip that weekend, um, conveniently. Um, and we were like, hey, we're, we don't have to go to Disneyland this day. We can come to the studio and watch your match against right. Stacey and her partner. Okay, so that's what we did. So I get there and it was very like sneaking around, you know, because I had to get like a corruption shirt from Christian without Robert <laughs> Vanessa seeing me. And then I had to meet with, and then I had to like stay away from Stacy and like, like not stay away, but like not look like we were like making it obvious that we were going to be the team, and um, and then we had to like do a little powwow, like we had to sneak out when another another match was recording, like separately, like she snuck out of the studio and then I snuck out of the studio, and then we went and sat behind like a couch, like where no one could see us, <laughs> and had a little powwow because it was like our first like in person powwow as a team, um, but yeah, that was a lot of fun. It was it was uh, the reveal obviously was great. I mean that was all on camera and that was great. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was, it was fun and she was a great partner. You know, I really think she, she, she held her own in like, I think all of our matches and she really carried us in a lot of ways in a lot of those matches. Um, especially like in that, I think it was in the match with 
with uh, Loose Cannons where we, we spun Festival Darlings, I think it yeah. was. And yeah. Stacy, she really carried the ball in that one. Um, so yeah, I mean, she's, she's a great competitor, you know, and I think she's going to go far and, you know, I mean, obviously we've seen, we've continued to see what she can do, you know, people, you know, kind the of a bracket breaker herself. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Underestimate her at, at your peril pretty much. So <laughs> wow. that's, that's really interesting to know because it, I knew that you all, you and, and Robin and Vanessa are all close to each other. So to know that like those reactions from them are, are that genuine to it. I can't believe it held that secret from them for that long. That's impressive. Yeah. We knew for a while too. And like, and like we were just, trying not to like talk about it and it would come up and we'd just be like, Oh, that's interesting. Cause they would be like stressing about like who it was going to be. And, and, uh, and before the match, I don't know if this was, I don't think this was ever captured on camera. Cause so obviously when I come out, they're playing the beast music, right? Right. Oh, before the match, all the competitors are backstage ready to come out. I wasn't though, because they didn't want them to know I was the partner, but they had, they had Bibiani standing back there randomly with Stacy. And so, like, they were like, "Oh, is it? Is it the Beast?" Yeah. They were kind of like stressed out. They were like, "Is it really? Is it really Bibbs that is our partner?" Uh -huh. uh, and then we did the whole. Once they came out, then we did a switch, and I went back real quick and can't end up coming out. But uh, yeah, it was a it was it was a fun moment for sure. Fun. That is great. Oh wow. Okay. So, so the next up now you got you with the Quirky Mercs. Uh, how did that draft day go for you? Who was that? Um, it was, it was, it was fun. I mean, I, I didn't know about it until other than like watching like the, the video and, uh, um, following like Twitter, social media notifications. Um, I wasn't sure if I would get drafted. Um, cause I told Christian there was some things going on with me that might keep me away from the showdown or like just might make it. And it's still kind of, it's, it, it puts me in like an unsure state. Right. Um, and Koi is aware of that. Um, um, and, and of course now with like the pandemic, things are different and, you know, there might be a situation where it makes me, makes it easier for me to compete if we end up having to do like virtual like matches like we are right now. Obviously that's something that I can easily do. Um, but I think, I think if down the road, I think getting back to the studio is not something, it's something I can definitely do. Um, it's just hard like competing on a consistent basis when, um, like I have like a, a full-time like career and, and job right. and. And yeah, and I have lots of dogs and it keeps me very busy and finding places for them is difficult and, and or expensive. And, doggies. and so, yeah, and they both have like issues, like they're both special like needs. They need medication and different things. So it's just a lot of responsibility to put on someone else to watch them. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. That, makes sense. that makes sense. But, but Koi, I mean, I, I'm excited about that team. I mean, Bibbs and, and the kid are great. Um, mm -hmm. We got Kevin Smith. So that's awesome, right? I mean, I was going to actually ask you how those are Kevin Smith. Those huh? studies with Kevin Smith, have they started yet? You and no, him? not yet. Not that I'm aware of, no. no. <laughs> I guess I'll teach him a thing or two, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> this is my good buddy, Kevin Smith. <laughs> now, I was looking at these things, like, you, you and Haley Fouch are going to be a team. Is that possibly still the way it's going um, to I'm not sure yet, because my last conversation with, with Koi, he's – He's still he's still open to that, but he's also now that we've acquired Perry, there's uh, obviously the chance that he might pair them together too because of their history and their mm -hmm. chemistry. So it depends. I mean, I think it's it's kind of on the table of trying to figure out what the team situation might look like. Um, but I think I think if he ends up going that route, I definitely think I would like to focus on singles since that's like where I started and kind of where I had my big splash and 
you know, I've played I've played three matches in teams now, and I think it'd be fun to to do some more singles damage. Yeah, I'm likely to have a single turn. They're gonna have any kind of tournament virtually. It's gonna be the singles one if they can't do yeah. teams, obviously. So. Yeah. Yeah, I would definitely love to see you flex your knowledge in uh, in a singles run. Uh, I watched those reactions with you and late to the party, and you all were always on point with everything. So it's been it's been really cool to see to, to see y'all go this far into the community and into the showdown, um, just with what it is. So I really hope that we get to see you do some tear it up in some singles. Do some rifle damage. That'd be nice. That's, that's that's definitely that's definitely the plan. I think I I think I could. I think I could do it. I think I have the potential. I mean, I watch all the matches, and in every match, I perform very well. Generally, you know, I miss questions, of course. Everyone misses questions, but um, overall, I say I I, I perform very well um, on questions. Jeff Altman does bring up a good point that they have good chemistry, but they might be too similar in strengths. That's the thing that's always kind of brought up. If you want, yeah. To cover each other's weaknesses and things so yeah that's the thing and i think it's also pot potential like it could be like myself and Haley, or it could be myself and perry like either one of those conference combinations you know could work i think mm -hmm. um i think perry would do well in some things that i think i struggle at um i, I won't say what they are so <laughs> like, oh, i'm not gonna say what they are but keep, yeah. keep those cards close I'll, to your chest <laughs> definitely not definitely not horror <laughs> No problem there. I definitely noticed that. Uh, <laughs> or and Bond, as we can as we can tell. Let me tell you about Bond. Okay, I Josh Estes from the Finstock Exchange podcast. I had a bet with him early in the year for the Back to the Future match. Mm -hmm. He bet on spoilers. If anybody's out there hasn't seen that yet, they should by now. He bet on Brad Gilmore, and I bet on Kevin Smith. He wants to go double or nothing with me, and he picked the Bond match. Nice. He picked Brad Gilmore, and I picked you. So I need to save my money for me because I don't want to pay the guy anything. I don't want to go to his podcast. It's like legs. So I need you to kick ass the bond. All right. No pressure. No pressure. Right. I guarantee you, I will. I guarantee you, I will. I will kick ass. I just have to kick ass better than Gilmore and Kalanos. Because I think they're all they're all going to bring it. I think Gilmore too is going to be able to bring it. I mean. Mm -hmm. I've been on. I was on a, a Bond-related podcast with him, and he definitely knows. He definitely knows his Bond. So, um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun fun match, and it's gonna be a good show for the for the fans. That's the the main thing. I think this is something that that people have been wanting, and I've obviously been wanting. And um, yeah, it's fun. That's actually the one good thing about quarantine as far as showdown goes. I mean, we've lost a lot about the showdown. We've had a lot of these kind of cool exhibitions that we never would have seen before. So it's well, yeah, because the exhibitions were kind of off the table. Um, okay. going like because yeah, he Christian was it was interested in exploring these these other things like those what if matches and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think because of the pandemic, he was like, we got to you know, we have all these ex exhibition ideas that were brought forward. Let's go ahead and cash in on those, you know, and then we have a, a bank of matches. You know, to set us up for a couple months, essentially, to get us yeah. through, you know, whatever else is going on. And now we have the two tournaments, which also help out with that as well, obviously. Absolutely. Uh, and, and, yeah, they've been good. I mean, they've been some of the best matches we've seen. Like, that Lord of the Rings match was phenomenal. So uh, That Lord of the Rings match is probably my favorite match of the year. Yeah, it was great. Yep, was and the championship great. match was a lot of fun, too. Yeah, I'm glad that they put that out on, on the YouTubes. On the YouTubes. Yeah. <laughs> now I gotta ask you. Still have that uh, 
sled used corruption shirt that you're trying to give away to sister? Yeah, it's it's somewhere. Yeah. I see the chat. You're going to give it away to someone. It's somewhere in here. You know, I'm hoping if they can gain a couple more points this league, you know, they might it might increase in value a little bit. You know, <laughs> I love seeing all of this stuff with the managers go back and forth. To, I might give it to Snyder. He's known for selling his sweaty shirts <laughs> on eBay. <laughs> well, that's a couch. Uh, yeah, but, uh, <laughs> I wish I would have bought a book from him during whenever he had his like epic little garage sale. As a spectacular, yeah. yeah. I think uh, Robert Vanessa bought something from him. I don't remember what it was. But uh, didn't didn't they buy the Air Mags? Yeah, they bought, the Air, they, the Air bought Mags? The, they bought Air Mags. Yeah, that's what they were. Yes. If yeah. if you don't know, if anyone yeah. doesn't know what Air Mags are out there, um, they're basically they're Marty McFly's. They're the shoes that Marty McFly wears in Back were to those, the Future when he goes into twenty fifteen. Those weren't like legit Air Mags, though, right? No. They were like I don't like, I don't know. They were like, I didn't. Like a like a more like gimmicky prop one, I'm guessing. I haven't actually seen them, but I know real Air Mags are expensive, like yes. legit ones. <laughs> yes, and I think I can't even. I I remember Robert telling me how much he paid for them, and I just can't remember um, what it was. So, so I don't know. I also didn't get a good look at him, but I no have. Snyder, he paid too much, <laughs> and was I'm sure, and he was happy about it. <laughs> Snyder's a character, doesn't Snyder, good old Snyder. As you keep back in the singles singles life or whatever, there, who do you want to face? Because is there anybody you have, you haven't gotten a chance? To, I mean, you obviously haven't played many times. But is there anybody you've set your sights on? Like, I want to test my medal against this guy. Someone I've always wanted to face, and obviously I'm not going to be able to face them right now. I'd have to like you know win some, but um, I've always wanted to face Ben Bateman actually Ooh. because you know he's, in my opinion, he's like. He's like the pro at the game, you know, in like all levels. You know, he knows the game so well and he executes the game so well. Um, I think it'd be fun to go up against him and, uh, and you know, put our, our knowledge against each other. Um, uh, after I won my match against Atchity, I was on my way to the bathroom at the studio and I stopped and I don't remember if he stopped me or if I stopped him. Dan Merle and I had a brief interaction and... I think he mentioned something about me beating TKO in Atchity, and he said, I'm going to have to, you know, look in my rear view mirror, uh, like, for you or whatever. And I was like, oh, that's that's pretty cool. That he said that back then, and then now, going forward now to, like, what he's even more, like, what he's added to his, like, legend. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a, it's always something I'm always like, yeah, that's some high praise right there, so. I would absolutely love to see you play against Ben Bateman. Is there anyone who's retired or is not no longer playing in the showdown that you would that you would wish you had the opportunity to play? Retired, um, I think Rachel would be great to play um, in singles, not in Inner Geekdom. She would destroy <laughs> in Inner Geekdom. Like I would, I think I would be okay at Inner Geekdom. Like I had this conversation with a few people recently. Um, uh, you know, with the whole free agency period going on mm -hmm. i got some contacts from people asking mm -hmm. about how it would how, how i saw myself in inner geekdom <laughs> uh, but uh and i was honest with them. i was like i was like you know i i think i could win like some matches against some like you know first time inner geekdom people or some like lower tier inner geekdom people but there's no way i uh like compete for a title like right now right so, and i don't plan on Putting the work in to compete in the title in Intergeekdom. So it's <laughs> a lot of work. Isn't it? Yeah. Not so. Uh, I mean, definitely not Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars is ridiculous. Oh, that, that's as we see with the tournament. But uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> Paul, Paul, are you okay over there, buddy? I did. I had a little, like, I think a, a, a so I think, uh, yeah. So I think Rachel in singles would be great because she has, you know, I mean, she's super knowledgeable um, and just an overall great player and a great person. You know, she, like, we have a pretty good relationship, her and I. She's a great person. And uh, I think it would just be a lot of fun to, to square up against yeah. her. Yeah, for sure. Now, I've been in chats with you a few times during various board on content, and I always see you always have seem to have a very interesting um, outlook on the Mount Rushmore, Mount Rushmo uh, discussion. Mm-hmm. And you always, I don't think bring it up with you. I think if you really talk about that, like, because you always have much more, like, some people have the same characters, and you have this very specific, like, criteria that you want to make. Can you explain that? Because I always have an interesting conversation now. I mean, this is this might ignite some fire in the chat, but Let's do it. Um, now, I still put this person on Mount Rushmore in terms of like if there's four people that we put on Mount Rushmore, I put this person up there. Um, but I, don't don't hate on me. Brace yourselves. I technically don't think we have a greatest of all time in the Schmodown at this moment. Okay. So. For me, for me, I have like a higher, like you said, I have more things that I like, I more check boxes I want out of a out of a player before they can reach that status. Okay. Um, I don't I don't put it all into like titles and into like knowledge. So Dan Merle, who everyone you know, and 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 it's nothing wrong with people that want to say he's the greatest of all time. I mean that's you know definitely definitely something you can say. Um, I do, I don't argue that he's like the most knowledgeable player and the best person at trivia that's ever come into this league that's that's obvious um but for me like i i want someone i I want someone who just can play like can really sell a character as well and he's gotten better but like what i what i've always said is if dan merle can go heel and go real like a real heel and do it well then i will then i will like i will you know concede right he's the great he's the goat but Right now, that's just you know much respect to Dan. He's he's amazing, but uh, I just think at this moment we don't necessarily have the greatest of all time. Um, I think Ben. I think Ben has the potential to become that um, because of his character work, because of his approach to the game, because of his dedication to the schmodown, the game. Um, like nobody is more dedicated than that guy in conversations I have with him. He's just ridiculous that's all he wants to talk about like when we're like when we're like at, at the bar afterwards oh like, yeah i want to talk about something else let's talk about let's talk about like something <laughs> talk about a movie or something i, I guess that's that's also, whatever. <laughs> and then it'll i'm sure it'll just eventually find its way back to schmodown for any right. conversation right. that ben has that's true that's a, i always i had to bring that up i did sorry to put you on the spot because I, I always thought that no i don't mind i just you know i just, People might. I know. I get. I get. I get. I get flack in other chats when I bring that up, and usually it's like Paul or someone else. It's like, yeah, I can see that point. Like Jake's like, yeah, because <laughs> I've always thought that character work is always like is always not considered for whatever reasons. To me, at the Schmodown is it's knowledge, it's game, but it's also part of that wrestling side of it too, which is right. otherwise it's part of trivia. That's big part of it. So you don't have the character work, then it gets slated a lot, right? But, Andrew Guy doesn't get nearly the respect he deserves because he's probably no. the greatest character work we have. Of course, he's not quite the same level of like the Dan Merles and, and maybe as far as knowledge goes, but he should be in that, you know, more in the conversation than he is for that side of it. So. Yeah, definitely. So, I guess it. 
Another thing I want to talk about, it's like we're, we promised to talk about this. I want you to explain this to Danny. Danielle has a question about this. Uh, explain Melt Movies to Danielle. <laughs> so Melt Movies are like a a subgenre in the like horror genre. Um, and they're, I mean, they're basically, you would also put them in like B, as like B movie categories pretty much. They're usually low budget, um, very schlocky. And essentially it's just anything that like, involves like melting, like a body melting, gooey, kind of gory, um, weird, slimy. Like, like House of Wax type of stuff? No, like, so like there's a, a couple of like the main ones would be like, like Street Trash would be one. Um, body Melt, um, The Stuff. Um, so yeah, they're just like over the top kind of like gore, but almost like not gore. Like a street trash, people literally like melt like on a toilet into like goo. Oh. And it's not like gory because they're like, it's all like super fluorescent like colors and neon. Right. Um, so that movie is, I love, I love, I love the, uh, I love the, uh, the like melting scenes, but that movie is kind of problematic in other things because of like, oh, it has some pretty questionable scenes in modern society, but um, the, the melting stuff is fun. The stuff is my favorite, my favorite melt movie. Stuff, I love yeah. the stuff. The stuff is great, the, which is about yeah. which is about a killer dare uh, killer uh, a new like dessert tr uh, treat that's like an in between between ice cream and frozen yogurt, but oh. it's actually a parasitic organism that takes over your mind and it's yeah. Ooh, that sounds. I I have fun. No, directed by Larry thing. Cohen, who did a lot of really fun like. Um, B horror type movies like nice. Um, Sweet. Yeah, I am not familiar with this genre at all. The stuff <laughs> is on Amazon, I think, still right now. The stuff is. Go with that. If you got Amazon, you can check it out on there. Street yeah. Trash is on is on Shutter if you want to watch it. Ooh, I've always wanted um, to get Shutter. I like I'm not the biggest horror movie aficionado, I guess you could say, because I like horror movie and I like suspense in movies, but. Something about uh, just a lot of really gory stuff has always kind of like. Ugh. Yeah, I I love Shutter. It's like my favorite service that I have, um, mostly because of something that they have called the Last Drive-In, which is a uh, a service that a thing that they brought back about two years ago, and uh -huh. it, it's based on Monster Vision, which is an old thing that used to show on TNT back in the, the mid '90s. Yeah. So it was a show with this host named Joe Bob Briggs who he plays like this like Texan, like hillbilly kind of guy. And it's like, his set is like a trailer park and he like watches his movies on his TV. But they brought that back as the last drive-in and it's incredible. So it's basically, they show two movies every Friday and in between, and then the movies, they take these like commercial breaks, but essentially they're just him talking about the movie. He'll have a guest on usually, um, interview people. Um, he had Chris Jericho on actually for the, day, the premiere of this season, which was great. The movie was not good. <laughs> um, one of the worst movies I've ever seen, but the Chris Jericho stuff was really good. Nice. I have seen people uh, post some uh, like Instagram stories about watching the Last Drive-In stuff. So yeah, it's usually trending like one or two on Friday nights on on Twitter. Nice. Um, the hashtag is it's pretty popular. I had Shutter for a while. Cool. Absolutely, I do want to get it back. They had the uh, they the Shutter's where they did the cursed movie series too as well, right? The uh... Uh, I watched all that a couple weekends ago. They yeah, cursed films. It's like a five part like docu series on um, like movies that have like a kind of cursed stigma. The Crow, right, was one of the big ones. The Crow. Uh, they did the Exorcist, The Omen, The Crow, 
Poltergeist, and then Twilight Zone the movie. Uh, Twilight Zone the movie, I mean, it's not a curse. It's just something really shitty that happened. And it's actually probably the best one. And it's super, like, I think it's important because a lot of people, I think, don't know about that and don't know that John Landis, like, got away with murdering pe- three people, yeah. um, including two underage children. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, it's 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 still a really it's it's a hard watch because they actually do show like footage footage, and it's like far away but like you can definitely see some things happen if you know what happens i don't know if danny knows what happens essentially in the during the filming of twilight zone during the first the first short which is still in the film uh the actor um i can't remember his name dick morrow who's jennifer who's jennifer jason lee's father uh he uh, he was um, in this like the short was like he's a racist guy and he goes through different periods of time like essentially learning his lessons. So he goes to like Nazi Germany and then he goes to like Vietnam. But in the Vietnam scene, there's a part that takes place in this village and he's supposed to be saving these two children and he's running with them to safety through the river and there's a helicopter overhead and essentially John Landis wanted like, more explosions and he also went went around and hired two kids that weren't like in like the acting union because the acting union wouldn't let the kids work because it was too, too late at night. They weren't allowed to work that late. So he went around that, hired these two other kids, brought them in, told the parents, oh yeah, it's fine, it's safe, don't worry. It's like a Disneyland ride. Um, and then uh, essentially uh, the helicopter, it was too many explosions. The explosions were too big. The helicopter lost control, went down in the river on top of them, decapitated Vic Morrow and one of the kids and then crushed the other kid. Oh my yeah. gosh, I do know that story. I have John Landers was it. was found not guilty of manslaughter, um, but I think he was. I think he was. A, uh, I think there was like a civil, like some civil suits that he had to pay and stuff like that. Obviously with the families, but still, I mean, a lot of people don't know about that story. And yeah, I, I like that movie that. a lot, but mm-hmm. it's a you know, it's a hell of a stigma to have on it. I recently Ooh. watched the Steven Spielberg, uh, watching all the Steven Spielbergs, and that's when I got to that part to watch his his short and i read about that i was like holy shit i know him and landis never really got on after that obviously i mean i just yeah they, they pretty much ended their relationship after that but yeah, yeah i definitely recommend curse films it's great that's um, yeah, yeah. is really good like i said uh john landis does not make an appearance shocking good. Yeah. Um, uh, but some of the guy who did the production design on the on that on that movie is there and, and gives his side and it's like I feel so sorry for that guy because he's clearly still like dealing with the repercussions of like what he was kind of involved in as well in terms of building the sets and stuff. What a bummer, man. I'll have to get shouted out definitely back just to watch that. That was a big tangent. Sorry about that. No, don't be. (laughs) Have you seen our show before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put the timer on, Paul. Put the timer on. No, 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 there is there. So I mean, how did, let's start on top of that. Like, how'd you get into horror? Like, because horror's be your your big buff here. Let's think. Yeah, uh, my dad, my dad was super into like sci-fi and horror. He grew up in the fifties, you know, and he was always into like all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, at a pretty young age, I was pretty much allowed to watch like whatever. Um, yeah, Tank Rants. There you go. That's a new thing. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. Uh, but so he introduced me to like the the whole genre of horror and and then i just was just always really into it i remember going to to blockbuster but mostly hollywood video because hollywood video was the better sections for like horror um in my opinion so i remember renting lots of movies all the time from hollywood video um like like movies i remember renting so much would be like 
like Ghoulies and like the Puppet Master movies. Basket Case. Other like 90s movies that, you know, aren't good, but I love <laughs> like this movie called Grimm. Um, yeah, Critters, all those. Yeah, Critters is great. I mean, as a kid, I was just always into like horror movies and so it just it just stuck and it's just it's just the genre I love, you know. I just I don't know. I just think it's super fun. Um I don't I don't get very scared, but oh basket case is great. I love basket case. Um, and I recently watched I recently watched uh because of the last drive in two weeks ago, they showed brain damage, which I had never seen somehow. And it's done by the same director who directed Basket Case. And there's a scene on this subway. And I was thinking to myself, I, as I was watching it with some friends over Zoom, and I was like, I was like, oh man, I was like, what if this movie? Because it's a very similar movie. Mm -hmm. uh, right. Basket Case essentially is the movie about this this guy who his his twin Siamese twin brother was amputated from him when they were young, but he carries him around in a in a basket, <laughs> and he's like mutated and scary and weird, and his name's Belial. But anyways, that's Belial, and then in, and then in Brain Damage, this guy becomes infected with like this parasite that like lives in his brain and feeds off like brains yep. and 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 also like he he becomes dependent on it like it's a drug but anyways as as that movie was, as I was watching that movie I was like I was like man I wish I wish this was in the same universe as 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 basket case oh, and, then, yes. and then spoilers there's a scene on a subway where the character's on a subway and he's sitting across from the brother from basket case and he's holding the basket and i'm like oh my god this is great so perfect. that's my rant on basket case and uh, and the brain damage so. i feel horror gets away with that yeah. in a lot of the genres they kind of like can do those kind of crossovers like that and yeah. horror fans horror fans are a very special breed i find they're very oh, yeah dedicated to their <laughs> the sub it, it could be a bad movie a good movie it's horror we're still watching it pretty much yeah it's generally uh, a lot of bad movies but i like yeah. them all i love them all and i don't think too like i know as a horror fan you did the marathons at some point Do you, what was your favorite horror marathon that you ever did I mean, I was kind of, there was these like move. they're not necessarily horror, but they're like in that, they're like a, a tangent offshoot, like sci-fi. Like, mm -hmm. But I remember like one time my sister and I rented like all of the, 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 like, I think it was like two or three of them, the doll man movies. Do you remember doll man? Yes. I was with, uh, with Tim, Tim Thomerson from Trancers. Right. Yep. Uh, and it had the first the first doll man, the villain was Jackie Earl Haley before he became popular again, obviously with, uh, um, I forgot the movie that he was nominated for an Oscar for, but, um, uh, where he was like a child molester. Yeah. Not, not Freddy Krueger. Yeah. No, not, not Freddy Krueger. No. <laughs> the other child molester. But, uh, I actually liked Jackie Earl Haley cause there was a movie that he was in when I was like, my dad introduced me to when I was younger, not a horror movie, but it's called breaking away with Dennis mm -hmm. Quaid. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. Essentially, it's about it's just like a coming of age movie about these kids in high school, and essentially they end up having to like do this bike race at the end of the movie. It's a really good movie, though. It's like really, really good. Um, but he's in that. He's like a kid in that movie. He's like a teenager. Great. Yeah. But yeah, the Doll Man is really good. Um, I've done some marathons recently, just because we have a really great independent theater here in Tucson um, called the Loft Cinema, and they do some really awesome uh, programming. Um, twice a year, they do these things called the, the All Night Screamaramas. So it's, so it's from like 6 p.m. until so it's from it's from sundown to sunup essentially, 
and it's just a marathon of like horror movies and sometimes they have a theme and sometimes they don't um but like the one like so they canceled the most recent one because of the pandemic so we missed that one i was very sad and then they they also do a sci-fi slumber party over the summer which is a sci-fi marathon that's all night Damn. but those are great those marathons are awesome they did a stephen king one like a year and a half ago that was awesome they did uh it was the mist this wasn't in order but they did the mist um misery okay uh, misery was like a 35 millimeter cut too which was awesome um they did uh maximum overdrive which was oh great. i love that uh, movie i really it awesome. one of my favorite things to stephen watch. king on cocaine uh, yes. yeah, yeah. A, fr- a friend of mine recently uh <laughs> referred to that movie actually robert was on this zoom party with with us uh, a friend of ours referred to that movie as uh if sentient cocaine made a movie it would be, it would be maximum <laughs> overdrive yeah. Yeah. your vending machine just shoots coca-cola cans yeah. at yeah. you until you die that seems brutal too when the when the, the coach gets hit in the head man uh, uh, there's actually an unrated like stephen king made a director's cut for that the original cut for that movie and like they were like no way this that we'll, we'll ever let you release this and so he had to, <laughs> But that, like, I don't know if that, I don't think that version exists. I mean, release uh, the king cut. The king Wait, cut. Release right, the king back. cut. That's the hashtag I can get behind. Supposedly it was, like, way more violent, like, and bloody and just ridiculous. So. Give it to me. Give it to me. That's yeah. what I, I want to say. I yeah, want to see, those, yeah. Those are marathons I still do, you know, in a theater. It's great because it's in a theater and, and the loft has, like, the biggest you know, steamroller. <laughs> yeah. 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 Or the waitress, the waitress is freaking out. We made you. <laughs> we made you. <laughs> so awesome. That's oh, so and it's awesome. also got um, Giancarlo Esposito in a very, very early role. He's the guy that gets electrocuted at the uh, arcade machine. That's right. That's very right. That's right. So that that's spring. I just rewatched Breaking Bad. Um, actually, I literally uh, finished it yesterday. So good. I should go back. I should go. And back. then I watched El Camino, which I hadn't watched yet because I was oh, like, I still haven't seen El Camino. I was like, I want to do a rewatch because it's been since it actually was on that I last saw it. So it all started with Better Call Saul. I did a binge of Better Call Saul, and then I was like, I'm going to rewatch Breaking Bad. So, what do you think of El Camino? No, I mean, I knew that show was was great, but I like, I think I kind of like, I like took it for granted a little bit. That show's really fucking good. Like, yeah, really it's so good. Oh my god, it's crazy. What do you think of uh, El Camino? I thought it was really good. I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, it's a bit. I think it's a bit unnecessary. Like, I, I think it's like a lot of people's opinions. Uh, I mean, I'm glad to kind of have an epilogue to like the close out of Jesse's character, other, yeah. than, him just, other than him just driving out and laughing, crying maniacally. But um, I thought it was it was done really well. You got to see Robert Forrester was was, was great. Yeah, back and like one of his last roles, I think. So yeah. that was, um, that was really good. Too. You know, mm-hmm. I yeah. like. I actually really enjoyed the. Uh, because there's a lot of there's a lot of extra stuff with Todd that I really enjoyed with Jesse Plemons' character. Oh, I thought Todd was an interesting character, and he's such a scumbag. And, yeah. And you kind of learn even more about what, like, how much of a like he just he's definitely he's definitely a sociopath. I mean, he's definitely oh. not. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely. I need to go back and watch it. So I want to ask you a quick question about King movies. Do you have a favorite King adaptation movie? Favorite King adaptation movie. Um, you know, I, oh yes, I do actually. So I will say this movie was huge for me when I was a kid, and it's it. I love this movie, and um, this will give it away what it is. But it's it's probably my favorite werewolf movie. Nice. And that's uh, Silver yeah. Bullet. Yeah. I love Silver Bullet. Like, I love that movie. I love, I love Corey Heim. I love Gary Busey. <laughs> Gary Busey. I love. 
his cool silver bullet wheel wheelchair bike awesome thing. Um, I love Everett McGill as the preacher slash well as the I don't know spoiler. It's it's an old movie. I mean I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's fine. Is the werewolf? I think the werewolf is really cool. It's got some genuinely frightening scenes that still like get to me as I watch it. Like the scene when he's shooting the fireworks at night, and like you yeah, see it's right. the werewolf's like reflection in the mirror in the water. That scene always creeps me out with the music. Um, the scene in the greenhouse when he kills the girl's dad, that scene always freaks me out. Um, yeah, it's just, I think that movie's great. It's, it's awesome. I love it. Yeah. I and then I'll probably put The Mist as a close second. I really like The Mist as well. This is the end of the Yes. Exactly. Yeah. I, I a, lot a lot of people like hate the ending. I love the ending. I, I think too. it's better than the, what was in the book. I read, I read the, well, it's a short, it's a short story, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I actually have realized tended to like Stephen King's shorts even better than a lot of his bigger novels. Anyway, I think that the shorts could make some great movies. I think yeah. mind some of those some more. Stand Where's by you? me comes from a short. Yep, mm-hmm. Shawshank. Mm-hmm. Shawshank also. Yeah, yep. short. Oh, I love Stephen. Well, King. even Silver Bullet. It's not like it's not like a super long. I think it's like a more of a novella than a, like yeah. a novel. And it's a lot different than the actual movie, but I love the movie. Not sure who Travis is, but he hates the mist. I guess. Uh, Travis is like a producer for Late to the Party, and he's in like their uh, their react their retro reaction oh, okay. videos. Hey. Oh, okay, that's okay. I know that. Travis is the one that drove us to California for our first trip. He's the he's he's actually the reason we were able to make that first trip to the free for all because Travis offered to drive us all um, and be like our like mule, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Travis. <laughs> Big shout out to Travis. Is that a- now, is that how it was a similar story for Bond? I know your other big thing was Bond, like growing up. Is that something you do with your father as well? Yeah. And then also, I kind of got more into it, like around the. So I really got into it with Pierce, the Pierce Brosnan era, uh, with, uh, especially like with the GoldenEye game, obviously. I was just about to say. Yep. Um, that's what kind of really got me into it. Um, but my dad was into it as well. And I remember um, going and always like, I remember picking up like all the VHSs and like used. Um, from this place we have here in Tucson called Bookman's, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, I love, I love all the, I love all Bond. So even bad Bond to me is still good. I I, I treat it the same way as pizza. Like, like, <laughs> like if, as long as you give me like some crust with some cheese and sauce, you know, I'm, okay. for the most part, I'll be pretty happy. Okay. <laughs> I like that. That's a that's a great Bond analogy right there. Uh, well, I love Roger Moore. Roger Moore is my 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 favorite Bond, and he's okay. you know, and you know, I will admit that he his his movies are also probably considered like most of them are considered the worst Bond movies because they're so like the cheese factor got really high, and he was also super old. Like he was like like a year he was like two or three years older than Connery. Oh my gosh, which is, which is weird because he like took over for Connery and yeah. And in his last Bond movie in In a View to a Kill, he was like 57 years old. <laughs> I've actually been doing a Bond watch through with, I, Tony, I, with Tanya Roberts. Yeah. Has a love interest. Because I missed a bunch of the Bonds growing up. I had the same thing, but I just recently was starting to watch through I think I just got through the Spy Who Loved Me. And I actually I find that I love the cheesiness of the Roger Moore. Something about that makes it just a little more fun. Like it's almost like they know what they're doing is that's yeah, that's like when 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 it's like when it's done to the to, like when they know like what they're doing. That's what makes it fun for me. When it's like they're trying to be serious still, right. and it just is cheesy, which is what, in my opinion, a lot of the later Brosnan movies do. Yeah, um, exactly. Which is what I don't like like a lot of the later Brosnan. I like I still enjoy them because it's fun. But I, I would put like World's Not Enough is like in like my bottom tier. Um, 
I actually like Die Another Day more than World Is Not Enough because I think I think by Die Another Day they were like, yeah, this let's just go full out there, like you know, craziness, <laughs> weird, cheesiness, yeah. But okay, like, but yeah. the World Is Not Enough is a great song, though. It's a good song. It's a very good song. Um, <laughs> it's not in my top ten, but it's a good song. What's the number one? What's the number one song? Uh, my number one fluctuates all the time. Okay. So it goes between like three three songs. Um, currently, I would say my number one is right now Nobody Does It Better from The Spy Who Loved Me by Carly Simon. That, that, song, good, is, yeah. that song is just great. Um, and then it also it also goes between that, Goldfinger. Goldfinger is like a staple. Um, and then uh, I really, really enjoy this one's kind of like one a lot of people may not recognize, but the instrumental for Honor Majesty's Secret Service, mm. which is the title track because it's, it's the song that's played during the title sequence, and it's really, really awesome. It's just this really cool, like 60s synthy, you know, like keyboard like stuff going on in this like keyboard bass, and it's it's just really cool. And it's and it's something that carried out throughout the entire film. Essentially, that theme uh, nice. pops up a lot, which happens in a lot of Bond movies. I mean, that's kind of a staple of like a Bond song is for it to pop up throughout the film. Essentially, do you have any feelings about Billie Eilish doing this new Bond song? <laughs> I have feelings about that for sure. I do too. Um, <laughs> Paul and I had a, we talked about this in Twitter. Like we had DMs about this when it came out. Actually, we did. Um, uh, <laughs> I think the song is very good. Um, as 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 a song, and I think she does a good job performing it as Billie Eilish. I don't think Billie Eilish is a good fit for a Bond theme. Agreed. Um, so agree. essentially, essentially, a Bond theme for me has to have one of two things, or both, or both of these things. You either have to have someone that can really like belt out some super powerful vocals, not throughout the entire song, but just have these moments where they just like they really hit these levels. Um, Billie Eilish, that's not really her thing. It's not her style. She's a great singer, but that's just not what she does. She's very... She's a whisper singer. Yeah, she's very low-key. Um, so if you don't do that, the other thing you have to have is you have to have some really good like popping instrumental bits in there, like some horns or something, like a brass section coming in, and they don't have that either. And there's like moments when I'm listening to the song that I get frustrated because I'm like, I can think what I want it to do, and it never does. And I'm just like, oh man, they like missed it. But interesting enough, there's I said I shared this with Paul. So a friend of mine she sent this to me, yeah. um, and then I sent it to Paul. There's this guy. I'll I'll tweet it out after this. But there's this guy who does like crate. I've like watched a lot of his videos though because he does all these crazy like like songs in styles of other people. So he does a cover of of No Time to Die in the style of Chris Cornell. So and Chris Cornell obviously did, you know, uh, you know my name, which is a great Bond song, and it that song and it's instantly like for me a better version of that song. Like, like I think the I think I'll be more interested in like as the time goes, I'll be more interested in like the covers of this song and like what it can be essentially. Nice. As, yeah. as a Bond song, I don't think it fits, but it's a, it's a very good song. It's way better than the last Bond song in terms of a quality song. I don't, I actually absolutely hate. Uh, the writings on the wall. It's yeah, I'm not a big fan of that. My second either. worst. It's the second worst Bond song in my opinion. So, what's the worst then? I mean, the worst. I mean, there's only one real answer. Hopefully, you know it. I don't. Die another day by Madonna. That's all. Does not belong, <laughs> does not belong in a Bond movie. Like, uh, oh my it's god. Fine. It's like a, and it was in that weird Madonna phase where she was doing these like. I like some of the songs she did in that phase actually, but like, it's very like. It's very just you know. 90s or early 2000s club sounding. I feel like 90s yeah. Madonna is its own genre. 
Yeah. <laughs> really much, yeah. It's very distinct. Because I think it was around the same time period as she did like the song like Hung Up and like Sorry and stuff like that. And it's got a very similar feel to that, you know, very DJ heavy and stuff, which is fine, but it does not, it's not a Bond song like whatsoever. It's weird. And then she's in the movie too, which is strange. Do you remember when she was in a bunch of movies? Yeah, man. I think it's the first time that uh, the singer has actually ever been in the, a cameo in a Bond movie. Uh, so out of place. So out of place. Yeah. Oh my gosh, how upset would you be if you saw Billie Eilish in the new Bond movie? <laughs> I, mean, I wouldn't be upset. It's fine, but I, it, it, it wouldn't. Yeah. But, uh, Paul, Paul is not happy I'm not, about. I'm not. That. A, I'm not a believer. Yeah, <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it. I, I also think it's my daughter loves her. Loves her. So like, I, I'm just like way overplayed for now. <laughs> That could be it. But. I just thought, like, I thought the live versions of the song might be better too. So I like listened to a live version of it, and it's the same. So it's yeah. just you know, it's the way it is. It's not for me in terms of Bond songs. Exactly. Like, you know, actually, we're gonna. I'm just gonna continue bringing our our Twitter conversation or our you know, Twitter DM conversation now. Different things about too. I did. We talked about. I know you told me during your DM that you would love to see uh, Lady Gaga do it. And I oh yeah, Lady Gaga is my. I've been listening to a lot of Lady Gaga lately, actually. It's been jamming the hell out of it. Nice. I love Lady Gaga. She's great. Yeah. But yeah, I think she'd be perfect like for a Bond like theme, especially like a stripped down Lady Gaga, you know, where she's, you know, mostly just like her vocals and like a piano or something. Or or even some brass, you know, I think she'd be good. Like if you listen to that song like a like that song Million Reasons. Yeah, I so, love like, that song. That's like a that's a good like I think that's a good song for her to be like, This is my Audition. this is my reference. Yeah. Here's my right. reference. Right. Here, this is the yeah. song. So I think I could do really good at a Bond song based on this song. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you said that, and I always, obviously, I said I thought the Queen would have been great back in the day having Freddie do it. Is there anybody in history that you would go back and say this would have been cool to see this artist have done it at some point in history? Um, because of like, so I think so. My favorite, I think I would love to see my favorite band of all time do it, and I'll reveal who that is here in a second, but. They're 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 English band, so you know there's there's the bond you know you know connection right there. Um, I'm not sure how it would go honestly, but I think they're they're they were a talented enough band where they didn't cover one genre. Like they're considered they're widely considered like one genre, but in my opinion, they span like so many other genres, and that's the Clash. Oh wow! Um, oh, I think the Clash. Okay. I think the Clash would have been would have been cool to see them do a Bond song um, back in the day. I'm not sure. Like Joe Strummer would have been into it or anything, but um, I think that would have been cool back that in the day to be able to see. That could have been very interesting. Billy Bob I mean, Tom York, yeah. Tom York technically already did a Bond song. They did, they did the alternate theme to Spectre, yep. so Radiohead did. That's true. Which is it's a good song. I mean, I didn't love it as much either, but it's it's a good song. I can talk about alternate Bond themes. If you want. Oh, we can talk about. There you go. <laughs> My favorite alternate Bond theme is. Is Surrender by Katie Lang, which was the alternate theme for Tomorrow Never Dies. And I oh. think it's a better and I think it's a way better song than Cheryl Crow's song. Yeah, I was not a big Cheryl Crow's song is good too, but I, I think Surrender's way better. And they, it's at the end of the movie, it's the song that plays during the end titles. But it's just it's just great. It starts off with these really great, like, you know, piercing horns, a la like Goldfinger. Mm. Yeah, it's awesome. And then Blondie did a did a theme for uh, I forgot what movie it was. For your eyes only, but they change. They had to change the title. It's called the. Oh, I forgot what it's called, but it's a really good song. Okay. They had to re they had to rename it because it was originally called For Your Eyes Only, but they they renamed it. But it's a good song. It's a really good song. Yeah. I did want to say I agree with Janine as well, though I didn't like how Jack and Alicia didn't fit together. I I agree with that, Janine. I agree with that. 
Yeah, it's 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 a weird combination for sure. It's strange. I do love that movie though. So we can yeah. I'm a <laughs> I'm a I'm a stand from my soapbox and preach the word of Quantum of Solace. Uh, really that's impressive because I, I, I want to watch it again now because I've had some people tell me that. I remember I watched through the Craig Bonds and I loved Casino Royale so much and Quantum of Solace just poured me to tears. I don't know what it was, but I might not have been in the right frame of mind. So maybe I'll give it another shot. Oh, I'm okay. going to give it another shot. I would, I would recommend, if, if you're going back to it, I recommend watching it. I would recommend watching them as a package. So watch Casino Royale. Same day. Right. Put back some time, set, set aside some time and watch them as one movie, essentially. Because it's like one complete story, essentially. Okay. Um, I think that that movie has like one of the best cold opens for any Bond movie, that car chase. Yeah, through, that, that was uh, good. Italy is like incredible. Um, I think I think Matthew Almerick is a really good villain. He's super creepy and weird. I think he's a better. I think he's better than what they tried to do with Christoph Waltz as Blofeld. I think Matthew Almerick would have been a better mm. choice because he's just super creepy, and I think he did a really good job. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that movie is going to age well. It's going to take some time, but I think it's going to end up being like Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Where it was, it was kind of like made fun of, and no one liked it at the beginning. And now, Honor Majesty's Secret Service is considered like one of the best, like it's in the top tier of like Bond films. Right. Um, and I think, I think, I think Quantum will age well. I rank the Craig films in order of release, honestly. Okay. All right. Nice. Um, Skyfall is fine, but I don't love it as much as everyone else. I acknowledge that it's a really good, it's a good movie. I don't think it's a great Bond movie. Like, uh-huh. like Silva's plan literally is just all like by chance like there's no way yeah. any of that stuff would actually happen and then they actually had to make it like make sense by creating blofeld and using blofeld to be the one that actually was the puppet master right, right. No, <laughs> master, whatever he says That's right, architect, yeah. the architect of all your pain james behind it all then okay i can see that happening well, you know, Kelsey wants to start watching Bond movies. Where should she start? That's always a good question because, I mean, the older Connery movies are definitely of their time. I mean, a lot of the movies are of their time. You know, I don't, I don't, you know, I acknowledge that for sure. I don't watch them for, for that reason. Um, I right. love them for other reasons. Uh, right. But, I mean, I mean, I mean, I think it, we, she's, you haven't seen any of them, she said? Kelsey, you're back there. Have you seen any of them? You can shake would, your head. I can I would see say, you. I would say if you haven't seen any of the Craig movies, I would say watch the Craig movies and see if you like them. And then after that, then maybe explore some of the older films. But I think starting with the Craig movies would be would be good. Okay. okay. So I would watch Casino Royale. Casino Royale is is a lot of people's number one Bond film. It's my number two, um, but it could very easily be my number one eventually. Um, my number one is From Russia With Love, which is the second Bond film. Um, I think that's just the best overall like spy story in terms of a James Bond movie. It's just, it's just very good. It's very cat and mouse. You know, you got, you got Red Grant hunting Bond like through the entire movie and Bond doesn't even know it. And then they have their little, like they have their great scene on the train, which is just amazing. Yes. Um, Robert, Robert Shaw, the great Robert Shaw is Red Grant, the best henchman in Bond history. Uh, he is a henchman. He is not the villain. I was going to ask you that actually. I was going to what your favorite henchman was. I have some of the church, different ones. My favorite henchman is Red Grant. My second favorite henchman is Mayday from A View to a Kill. Okay. Um, third favorite would probably be Mr. Went and Mr. Kid. I love Mr. Went and Mr. Oh, Kid. Those from, are, uh, I love them. From Diamonds Are Forever. Um, even though they did this whole weird thing where they, you know, they made them gay and they kind of 
kind of poked fun at it, but kinda, that's because yeah. you know it was also it's of its time, you know. Uh, but they're great characters, um, played by uh, Bruce Glover, who is uh, uh, Crispin Glover's dad. So you can imagine, you can imagine how weird Crispin Glover is, and just think of his dad must be a weirdo too, and he is. And then the and then Mr. Smith, Mr. Wit, a kid was played by a guy who's never even acted before. He's a he was a jazz bass player, um, Putter Smith, and he's got this weird what hair a great going name. on. Yeah, Putter Smith. He's a pretty accomplished like like bass player for like a jazz bassist. That's right. Um, but he played. Uh, they were hitmen essentially. I mean, Paul right. Yeah, they were they were really fun. Speaking of Crispin Glover and horror, Friday Thirteenth. Friday Thirteenth. Yeah, his weird, his weird his weird dancing. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Friday Thirteenth. Friday Thirteenth has like two of like the best dancing like moments in movie <laughs> history, in my opinion. So the, part four, you have Kristen Glover, right. and then part part five, which part five is its own movie. It's got a lot of problems, obviously. But there's a part where one of the girls is like dancing in her her room. She's got like music on, and she's doing like this weird like like she's practicing some weird dance, and it's just so weird and awkward. <laughs> and <great. laughs> yeah. Part five, um, yeah, it's got some problems. There's actually a a better version of Friday Thirteenth. Part five is a song called uh, "A New Beginning" by a band or a guy called Wolfie's Just Fine, which is a Terminator Two reference. <laughs> um, and Wolfie's Just Fine is John LeJoie, who was in the uh, the League. Oh, okay. He, he oh, did a lot of those. Oh, he did a lot of those goof, goofy ass songs back in the day. Yeah, yeah. He has this. Alter, exactly he has like this alter, like personality or ego or whatever, as like this folk singer, and he's got some really great songs. And one of them, and they're all movie related. So he has a song called "The Pigeon Lady," which is about the the lady from Home Alone Two. Nice. And then he has a song called uh, um, "Todd and Janelle," which is about uh, John Connor's foster parents in Terminator Two. And then he has a song called "A New Beginning," and the music video is seriously like made better than the actual movie Friday Thirteenth. Um, but it's essentially a song about a kid's perspective of watching Friday Thirteenth Part Five for the first time. And you know, as a kid, you know, especially with like the horror genre, you have that same experience where like you watch a movie for the first time and you're like, I don't know if I should be watching this, but I'm super intrigued. But I feel like I feel like I sh we should go. I should go home because I, I don't think my parents would like this. So that's what this song essentially is. It's basically like a song talking about those emotions as this kid is watching Friday Thirteenth Part Five. I love that. Yeah, it's really cool. I'm surprised I haven't seen that. So I think they got Lee and yeah. Friday Thirteenth fans around too. So I guess I'll tweet those things out as well when I'm after. Yeah. I'll just tweet some videos and fun stuff, and people can watch it if they want. Yeah, for this noob over here. <laughs> Oh man! Well, is it time? Should we go uh, move on to a little bit of this or that? I think it's time. It is time. If you've seen our show before, you know what this is. I will be giving Tim two uh, things to debate. He can take one. He'll take the other. He'll, he can ask for clarification. He can make up his own clarification. It's really up to him. He's the guest. So uh, we'll start. <laughs> always do, even though you have told me the answer before. <laughs> and I, I, I almost hate to do this because I like you so much. I don't want you to get booed out of here. But <laughs> team guy or team trader? I mean, I have to go team trader. That's just where I go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're great friends. We were getting along. Uh, so well. Although I would be team Snickers if that was an option. Ooh. Okay, I'll make that the option. Team Snickers or team trader? <laughs> 
Team Snickers. All right, we're back. <laughs> you got it. Got, got him. I think I'm gonna change that. I will vote for a dog over. I will vote for a dog or an animal over any person in most situations. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, I'm gonna make it hard then for you. Snickers or Leia? <laughs> I've met them both, so it's hard. Um, that is true, Billy. That is true, Billy. That's <laughs> how we get them. I'm going to just give a slight edge and go Team Snickers. Okay. Hey. All right. That's Team Snickers and Leia. Yeah. Bend those rules. There we go. Both. There you go. I'll be Team right. Snickers, team Leia. team Leia eating a Snickers bar. Oh, right. honey. Not eating Snickers, but eating a Snickers bar. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, a Halloween franchise or Friday the 13th franchise? Um, Friday the 13th is my favorite franchise oh, yeah. uh, overall. Um, however, I also very, I also really enjoy the Halloween franchise, and I wouldn't put any Friday the 13th movie in my top like 10 horror films, but I would put Halloween as like, Halloween's probably my number one horror film, honestly. The original. So, so the original Halloween movie is incredible. It's like a perfect film, in my opinion. Um, and uh, but overall, I would say I enjoy more. I have more fun watching Friday the Thirteenth, um, but I do love both franchises and their wackiness. I just wish Halloween would solve its numbering problem of its sequels and stuff. I mean, they have just they have they have like four different timelines, so it's like a <laughs> problem. They like retcon several things, but it's fine. It, it is it's three Halloween twos, technically speaking, is it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the nice thing is, I mean, people like people are like, oh, I'm sad that like they they got rid of Halloween two and she's no longer his sister. It's like, yeah, I mean, they didn't they didn't get rid of the movie. I mean, you right. can still watch the movie and you can still believe that if you want. I mean, this is a free a free world. You didn't, it's not like you're not saying you can't believe that Laurie's not her brother or her sister. That's my head. Right, if you want to believe that? Do it. It's fine. That movie's you, want, you can talk all about Michael and the Druids yeah. and uh, for Halloween. I mean, she was his sister for the majority of the movies. I mean, even even after they retconned, even after they did the first retcon with H two O, she was still his sister yeah. in that mm -hmm. film. So it wasn't until this new timeline that retconned two. But I do think two is a great film. So I, I, I do enjoy it. I think it's fine. I like all the Halloween movies. To be honest, yeah, they're all fun. I don't like the Rob Zombie ones. I do not like the Rob Zombie ones. Probably ones. I like them yeah. for different. Like I don't like them as Halloween movies. I just I kind of take them out of the franchise and kind of keep it on their own. I mean, they're Rob Zombie films. Yeah, absolutely. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, we got some super chats. Right, I'll, I'll get into there. We'll, we'll interrupt this or that and go to their super chats. I don't want them to disappear. Malcolm Miller Stephen, he's going to live dangerous there. Take three or C two A. I'm gonna I'm gonna plead the fifth. Self-incrimination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. How about this one? Uh, they're uh, both. They're both. They're both great. I'll say they're both great. Uh, you know, Take Three is you know one of the OGs in terms of like this space with like late to the party and stuff. And they put they've been putting out so much work like around the showdown for a long time. So I think Take Three. I don't think they get enough love as they should. So go right. subscribe to Take Three. You know, give them a listen. They got a lot of good content over there. They got some good people. Kristen, yeah, Malcolm. You. Um, are great people, so yeah. wholeheartedly agree with that. Yeah, we love them over there as well. So uh, Malcolm's a good friend. So that's right, Kristen too. Second one, Cine Fanatics are late to the party. He's really just trying. I to mean, this one's easy for me. I'm going to say Cine Fanatics because late <laughs> to the party, you know, they're just they're just losers that you know I left behind me. 
Back in the day. <laughs> Shots aside. I love it. Pew, pew, pew. Shots fired. Yeah, while I'm going to do it while we're here. They split up down the showdown. Are right, you Team Robert or Team Vanessa? I mean, I have a longer history with Robert, so I'm going to go Team Robert. <laughs> I guess technically I don't have a longer history. I mean, because we don't go back to high school, even though we went to high school together. But we're, like, similar, so I'm going to go with Robert. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but see, you were wrong. Chris, he, he picked you. It's all good, though. Very excited about this. I think, since I said that, though, I think, like, I think Robert needs to make his brother watch the stuff. Yes. If you guys do a watch-along for the stuff on your channel, I will come on it. Ooh. I don't know if you guys do watch-alongs, but that's something I would do with you guys. I would like. I haven't done why we haven't done watch alongs ourselves. I know Cinef and I just did do a watch along recently of Iron Man. I think we did that the other uh, couple days ago. Now and that was pretty cool. Anyway, yeah, I'm cool. serious. I didn't say it just to like pull your leg. <laughs> let's do it. I would love to watch that. I'd love to watch that. So they call me Mo. Chris they call me Mo because I always want Mo. <laughs> so I'm gonna say Chris is not into it. I don't think. <laughs> 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 all right. That's all right. Uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll sub for Chris that day or something, so I wouldn't mind it. Uh, all right, uh, what else we got here? You know, you said your favorite Bond already, so I'm going to take that one off the list here. Hello, Roger Moore here. Pierce Brosnan or Timothy Dalton? Um, Bond or like films are just kind uh, of both, I guess. You knew everyone. Um, I think Timothy Dalton's the better Bond. I think Timothy Dalton's one of the best Bonds. In terms of Bond bonds, you know, he's not my favorite, but he's definitely like a very good Bond. I think both his movies, even License to Kill, I think is a, lot, is a really fun movie. Um, uh, Living Daylights is, is really, really a really good movie. I think it's it might be the second best in terms of like an overall like spy story. Um, it might be a little hard to follow the plot at some point, but like figuring out like what exactly is going on, like what the overall scheme, like who who's scheming what exactly, because there are two different kind of villains essentially. Um, <laughs> On top of a a really good um, uh, henchman in Necros, Necros is a good henchman. Yeah, absolutely. In a long line of the uh, blonde-haired, blue-eyed, Aryan-looking Nazi henchmen that the James Bond seemed to have a fancy for. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, yeah, you're starting a war here with Chris. Yeah. <laughs> so I just stormed into his room and yelled him, "He's going to watch the stuff," and he will. <laughs> I think you'll enjoy it. It's it's a fun. It's I'm not saying it's it's not like an Oscar worthy movie. It's just a fun movie that and essentially like if we watch it, we'll just do commentary and talk about it and you know crack jokes and stuff because it's it's one of those types of movies. I think it's a lot of fun. Fair enough. I I totally agree. All right. Uh, what else we got here? Here's probably the two most famous, even if they're not your favorites, and not I don't know if anybody's favorite, but two most famous henchmen, Ajab or Jaws. Um, I'm gonna go Jaws. Jaws, because I like I like the way I like his character progression. He goes from being a henchman to being a good guy, and he finds he finds love, and he ends up in a happy place. Oh, <laughs> I think that's where I am. I just watched so I'm just about to get to that. To that also, he's in Bill, he's in Happy Gilmore, so. That that's another good point. Odd job actually better in the game, I think, than I did in that. <laughs> oh, job job was like a cheat. Like that was the thing. Like everyone, it was like 
I remember it being a race to see who could get to Ajab first because he was like short, so he was like you were not at an advantage because of his height. Yeah, uh, Ajab was was a cheat, but like we would have to like make agreements. We'd be like, okay, if we're playing this round. But can we mutually agree that no one's gonna play a Ajab? Okay. <laughs> so that's exactly what we did. Yep. Uh, all right, let's see. This is one I've asked a few times, but I'm kind of curious. Are you more looking forward to a John Wick four or a Matrix four? Um, I haven't seen John Wick two or three. Yeah, okay. Um, but I will say I'm more looking forward to a John Wick four, having not seen the previous ones, because I know their reputation and I, based off the first one, I know it's going to be great. Um, Matrix four, I, it's cool. I mean, it's fine. It'll be fine. I don't know. I'm not. It, it, I'm I'm, ex- I'm excited they're making it. I guess, but like, I'm not like going crazy over it. Because I didn't like the way the series kind of like ended, really. Yeah. I liked aspects of Revolu- of Reloaded, but I really didn't enjoy Revolutions. I need to rewatch them. I haven't seen them since they came out. So yeah. I've only, I think I've only seen them once. Well, I've seen Reloaded more than once. More than once, but I think I've only seen Revolutions once. So I love the original. The original one's an all-timer. I mean. Oh, yeah. So. Absolutely. It's a great movie. I think I would only say Matrix Four only because it's been so long. I kind of more I'm interested to see where they're going with that. Yeah. And one of the Wachowskis, they're not they're both not working on it. Right? I think it's just Lana, right? It's Lana. just Lana. I think it's Lana. Yeah. Lana. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, just the one of them. I know that much. Um, but everything's back. I'm interested to see how they're going to do that too. But uh, but not Morpheus. I don't think I've heard anything about uh, uh, Morpheus coming back or not. I, I mean, know. I think it's a good decision to go with new characters and to establish like a new mythology. Especially if they want to like try to milk this for more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think that I think that's good to like establish new new people and new new characters. Even though they are bringing back some legacy, you have to bring back legacy characters to create that like link and that draw. Agreed. You know, Agreed. you saw that in the Star Wars movies, obviously. So that's the best parts, obviously. Yeah. Um, okay, I got a good one here for you. This is going to be a three way. Two thousand four Red Sox, two thousand thirteen Red Sox. 2018 Red Sox. I'm going to say the 2018 Red Sox. Okay. Okay. I just think that was like a really cool season. And that was like David Ortiz, like final kind of like hurrah. Cause he was, he was a part of that team, right? No, 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 no. no. So no, I'm going to say 2013. Whichever one. Yeah. It was like, would have been Ortiz's last, yeah. Yeah, that would be hit like six. Like, I mean, the 04 season is magical. Is a magical thing, you know what happened. Um, not the biggest Kurt Schilling fan, but we won't go there. Um. A big player, Kurt Schilling. Yeah, yeah. As a player, he was great. I'm, I'm, I'm glad he was able to like, you know, help us get there. Obviously, yeah. with the bloody sock and everything. The legend that is the bloody sock. Um, that was my favorite moment in the 2004. One of my favorite moments of the whole series was the game five when uh, Schilling, Wakefield, and uh, was it Schilling, Wakefield, Low walked out in the extra innings like that. They had like the the Eminem song that Danny loves so much yep. the other day. <laughs> <laughs> Mom's and Danny. <laughs> They're walking out. It was like I got like chill watching that. Like I don't know that that whole season was great. But I I agree with you. 2013, 2013 was fun. I got to see the. Yeah. Uh, uh, I was at Game Six of the uh, LCS where they clinched the. Oh, nice! Uh, that was a fun time. So I'll go with that one. That's good too. Uh, I got a few more. I'll throw in there. I got to do one food one. I'm not going to do the poutine one because you already answered that one for me. So how about uh, New York? Even though we know the answer, what's the answer, real quick, Tim? Poutine. Ow! 
I'll say real quick. I, I mentioned this before. Let me tell my like my quick Come poutine on, story. So I I I've had poutine. I've had like like the like poutine on steroids. Like I don't think there's probably a better poutine out there in the world. So I went to this. So when I went to Montreal, um, the one restaurant I wanted to go to is this place called Opie de, Op de Cochon, and it was Anthony Bourdain's favorite restaurant in Montreal. And like I I remember seeing it on so many food shows on like no reservations. So I was always like, if I ever go to Montreal, this is the place I have to eat. And so I went there when I was there, and as an appetizer, they have they have poutine, um, but it's of course you know their version of poutine, which is like super decadent. So like they literally put foie gras in everything. Like I read, I think I, I was on a food tour in Montreal, and they they wow. brought up they brought up the restaurant, and they were like, I think they said that Opie de Cochon accounts for like like sixty percent of like foie gras consumption in Canada. Wow. Is that restaurant because like they literally every dish pretty much has it and like looking back on it I probably would never eat foie gras ever again just because of like after learning more about like how it's produced and stuff It's pretty inhumane. I mean, maybe there's ways to do it you know, in a humane way I can't really see how but anyways the, foie gras, the, the poutine was amazing. I mean, it was just you know regular poutine But then it had like these really decadent pieces of foie gras on it as well And it was incredible and yeah, and the imagine dragons were sitting behind me <laughs> I'm gonna have to learn how Pogwa is made because I had no clue about that. So we don't have to talk about that here. I'll figure. I'll Google that later. Yeah, it's well, not. It's not pretty. <laughs> all right. How about New York pizza or Chicago pizza? Basically, uh, New York pizza all the way. Good. Yeah. No. Exactly. Like I like Chicago pizza. Like I said, I like pretty much all pizza. You know, it's, it's cheese and sauce and stuff. It's good. Um, but and I like ham. I like pineapple on my pizza, so you can you know hate me for that. Uh, but uh, I definitely prefer New York New York style pizza over Chicago. But I, every now and then I'll be in the mood. For, we have a really good Chicago place here in Tucson. Uh, my friend who is from Chicago lived there his whole life. He vouches for it, and so I know it's good. There and go. there's a couple places Chicago. in Phoenix. I mean, there's a there's a Giordano's in Phoenix and a and a, Lumin, and a Lumin, Luminati's in Phoenix as well. So if I ever want like good Chicago pizza, I can go find it. But I prefer that New York slice style. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. And Danielle actually really likes the New York slice too. Do you still have that video? Yeah. I have it somewhere, yes. I'd probably if I took it off now. Yeah. You know, video yeah, like Kelsey says, I like pizza. I like pizza. <laughs> okay, so perfect. No preference. I like pizza. <laughs> perfect, perfect. All right. I'll end with uh, two two director ones. Uh some of my favorite. Yeah, Chris Nolan or Denis Villeneuve. Well, I've been I don't know, I've been pretty vocal about this and different things, but Denis Villeneuve is my favorite currently working director. I think yeah. of all his like major releases, um, I haven't seen some of his earlier like stuff that he released like in Canada and like I did have, did have some I think release here. I haven't seen some of those, but I think of all all the major like releases he's done, I don't think he's like missed on a single one. I like generally love all of his movies, and I think I think Arrival is like his masterpiece. That's my favorite film that he's ever done. I'm over the moon excited for Dune because Dune is like my favorite book of all time and uh, and, uh, and I'm super excited. And I like the late Lynch film too. I got a soft spot in, it, in my heart for it. Um, it's weird and weird and good, but it's a Lynch movie. But yeah, Denny Villeneuve all the way. I love Christopher Nolan too. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I really like you know the Dark Knight trilogy. Uh, Inception's great. Dunkirk. I love Dunkirk. Um, a lot of people don't, but I love it. My Interstellar. Interstellar. I need to watch it again. I really liked it when it came out, and I and I think I kind of like it fell down a few pegs for me. Um, but I still really enjoy. I still enjoy it, but it's not a top one. I like the Prestige a lot. I think the Prestige is really great. 
Um, I is really great. Memento, obviously. Um, I, I have found Interstellar better upon rewatch. That's what I've heard from a lot yeah. of people. So, because it's actually my favorite Nolan movie, but um, the score is really good. No, yeah. it's score, like the score that helps quite a bit. Yeah. The uh, score, the, the moment on the uh, the water planet, that's one of my favorite. The yeah. uh, mountains, oh, so good, so good. Ugh, that whole scene just breaks me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Chris Adams is not liking the stuff. I guess this whole trail. He's looking into the stuff. <laughs> we're gonna sit. We have to have him tied down to the chair. Like you know, <laughs> keep those eyes open. <laughs> we'll make the it stuff. Work. Are you eating it or is it eating you? <laughs> Question you ask yourself. I need to watch some melt movies. And we'll end <laughs> with uh, two horror directors. We'll say, how about Wes Craven? Versus John Carpenter. John Carpenter, 100%. Okay. John Carpenter might be like my second favorite director. Not bad. I just, I mean, I love like literally, I think everything he's done except for like maybe The Ward. I didn't really like, but I generally like pretty much everything else that he's done. I think I've seen most of his stuff. I mean, Big Trouble in China is one of my favorite movies. Halloween's one of my favorite movies. The Thing is great. Oh, yeah. Are you a Craven fan though? Do you have? I do like Craven a lot too. Yeah, I actually like uh, one of my favorite Craven films is actually um, the People Under the Stairs. I mean, the People Under the Stairs is really good, and a lot of people haven't seen that movie. But I think it's a a really smart movie, uh, kind of ahead of its time, that deals a lot with uh, with uh, um, marginalized people and mm -hmm. gentrification in like poor areas and like in like uh, um, like a big city, you know. And and it takes a, like it's like a it's like a horror out of that, but it. It deals with those issues, which I think is pretty smart and pretty cool. I like um, for something in like the early nineties. It looks like uh, Danny K, our our famous Danny K. We love Danny K. Four star group, Erie, um, Indiana, or Tales from the Crypt. Um, I grew up on both. I think I, I'm gonna say Erie, Indiana. I just, I really, I. I really love Erie, Indiana. I also really love Tales from the Crib, but uh, I think I just really enjoyed Erie, Indiana more. Um, Erie, Indiana, or Are You Afraid of the Dark? Are You Afraid of the oh. Dark? Very good. I loved Are You Afraid of the Dark as a kid. There's Are You a Afraid lot of the Dark Goosebumps? Yeah. It's still Are You Afraid of the Dark. Yeah, yes, absolutely, 100%. <laughs> I think Tales from the Crypt is actually why I didn't watch a lot of horror movies growing up because uh, it, that terrified me, and uh, Leprechaun terrified me when I was a kid. So, yeah. well, I mean, Tips in the Crypt was definitely not for kids. I mean, I watched no. it as a kid and I loved it, but Erie, Indiana was for children, for four kids and young, and young adults. Mm -hmm. That was like, Are You Afraid of the Dark and Goosebumps? Um, one of my favorite Tales from the Crypt, though, um, shorts is from the first season, and I watch it every Christmas. And it's the uh, uh, it was all it was all quiet in the house, I think is what it's called, but it's the one about the killer Santa Claus. Nice. And it's, got, oh, it's got Megan Trainer, who's the mom from Goonies. Right, right, she's like a lady, and essentially, the movie the, the, it starts off with like she like murders her husband in her house, so she's not a good person. Right, and then, like this escaped maniac starts like trying to break into her house and kill her. Played by uh, I can't remember the actor's name, but he played Doctor Giggles. Oh, uh, Larry, Larry, what? Charles, Larry, something like that. But he was also in Dark, he was in Dark Man. Larry Drake, Larry Drake, Larry Drake, yeah, yeah. He plays he plays the. Uh, the Santa Claus, the killer Santa Claus. Oh, that's sweet. That's, that's, yeah. that's right. You're on the first season. Also, it's good. Uh, Tales from the Crypt has a better like intro, opening, and music. 
Bam, 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 bam. You're gonna, I'm gonna start like <laughs> get traumatized all over again. Uh, another super chat, Oscar Romo. Love Oscar Romo. Happy birthday, Danny. Thank you, Oscar. Shots on me at next event. Woo! Tim, speaking of shots, would you rather take a shot or give someone <laughs> a chair shot? <laughs> Lucas. Hit someone a chair, like hit someone with a chair. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> um, I mean, if it's like a stage chair, I think that would be a lot funner than buying someone a shot. I think it'd be fun to hit someone with a chair. I'm gonna yeah. go with that. Go then, especially go after watching the stampede, the stadium stampede this weekend. If anyone watched AEW, I did. That was, yes. that was that was amazing. That's what I should have brought up too. I forgot to talk about. I forgot you're a wrestling guy too. So I was a wrestling guy in like middle school, mm -hmm. um, in like the like the attitude era and stuff, the whole area, you know. Um, then I kind of fell out of it, and then like I still like would follow things. I knew who like the major players were and stuff. But then this last year, AEW brought me back in, man. Yeah, that's nice. like fully committed to AEW. I had I did buy, I did join the WWE network as well, and I've, I've been watching like the pay per views since WrestleMania. Um, mm -hmm. But I'm definitely more interested in AEW. I don't think WWE's doing great work right now. Uh, I gotta I gotta get back into AEW. I haven't had a chance to really get into AEW. I saw I've seen a few things I've liked it. I I'm the same as you. I wouldn't add to there, but I fell off. But they kind of keep an eye on things. But AEW, I've heard so many great things about AEW. I mean, they're just doing like they're, I just think the work they're doing is, is just great. I mean, they're just really they have some really great wrestlers and they're doing some really great character work. I mean, they got freaking Jake the Snake and Jake the Snake is still incredible definitely that he's still there that's awesome though. Ar Arn anderson you know is there you know they got taz. taz so they're bringing in these like legacy people you know but then they also have just a really great lineup and they've pretty much been executing at a high level with like everyone like they've literally like there's been things i didn't like and they fixed it which is great that's awesome man. yeah uh we just this is just because it's we're chat fighting now oscar i hope you get stuck on team guy as a not a bad team to be on. Not exactly. Uh, <laughs> who actually says AEW is great. Just wish they did more with their women's division. Yeah, I mean the women's division. I think they've done a lot better. That was my first. That was my first like major complaint. Uh, what early on, I think they've done a lot more work since. I mean they they had a big blow right now with Britt Baker being out because Britt Baker was like one of the best things they had going right now. Right. Um, and so she's out right now with an injury and, um, but I mean they, it's definitely has room for improvement but it has improved it has it has shown signs of improving so i'm positive that it will keep going that way nice yeah. how much do you want to play chris jericho in a match how much do i want to play chris jericho in a match yeah Listen, <laughs> i think it would be really fun to play chris jericho but i also want to play someone that will be a challenge to me and i don't think he would be a challenge to me Nice. Wow! There you go. Clip that out. Uh, Nerd Chronic Watch the show. Like you clip that out. <laughs> and it's <not>. uh, <laughs> he knows some stuff, though. I mean, he was on. Like I said, he was on the Last Drive-In's premiere this season, and he talked. You know, he was talking the horror movies, and he did a podcast with Joe Bob that I listened to as well. And so he knows. He knows stuff. I mean, he's very big into that genre, though. Um, but um, I just, yeah, that guy's got a lot, a lot, a lot of other things on his plate, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> uh, Lucas, why would you hope for something so horrible? I love the super, super chat, chat fights. Fight. Super chat <laughs> fights in there. I love it. That's okay. Keep going. Y'all can use more mics and things like that. So we love it. Thanks. <laughs> uh, that'll end this or that. So we will now move into Danielle. 
That's right, everyone. So uh, thank you for participating in this and that. Uh, Tim, that was a lot of fun. We're going to bring Kelsey out on here really quickly. Right over the off. Hello, girl. How are Hi. you? Hi, I'm That's doing Kelsey. good. How are you guys? We're having a good time. Awesome. Kelsey's yeah. been hanging out in the background, moderating everything in the chat. You all know what this means. You see Kelsey's pretty face on that screen. Go ahead and send in your questions. If you have any questions for Tim Branco or any of us on the crew, you are more than welcome to go ahead and send those in. And while we wait for those questions, we're just going to plug up a little bit of stuff that we got going on on the channel. So, Paul, you want to let us know what we're doing next week? Sure. I got the next two weeks cover for chill. Uh, at this point, we try to always map things out a couple weeks in advance. Uh, next week, we got what was the hottest non-celebrity free agent signing of the time. Therefore, Ms. Sabrina Ramirez will be coming on to chill. And then following week after that, we got her podcast mate, RB3. Woo! So that takes a lot of time. So yes. I'm looking forward to that. We're going to have a good old time hanging out with uh, with both of them. So I'm excited to talk to Sabrina Girl stuff about movies and then just, just want to hear RB3 laugh. I can get RB3 to laugh like more than once. I'm going to have a break. <laughs> yes, that's all that we want. That's and <laughs> Kelsey, you want to let us know what we have coming up with Schmobates this week? With Schmobates, we had that earlier today. Um, so if you haven't checked that out, please go check that out. It's amazing. I don't know if we're having another match this Wednesday or not. Uh, Alex, if you're in the chat, please. Keep us we posted are. on that. We are? Okay. Um, and then, of course, Sundays we have yeah. live. It's going to be... Uh... Go ahead. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Awesome. Uh, oh. Good stuff. <laughs> that is true. Sad as a little neck. That's true. <laughs> all righty. Well, I see a few questions in there, so I'm going to let you all lead this now. Okay. okay. Perfect. Let's see. Mm. Question. What are your top five favorite movies of all time, ranked as best as you can? That's from Drunks 3PO. Favorite horror movies? Horror. Um, okay, so Halloween. Halloween would be number one. Oh. <laughs> hard. It is. Um, I would probably put the... Let's do the first um, Conjuring. Ooh. That, 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 that doesn't necessarily need to be number two. Halloween's definitely number one. Um, the rest of these, the rest of these order doesn't necessarily follow where it's at. I'm just what's coming to head, my mind. Um, I would probably put maybe poltergeist in there, the first poltergeist. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's go with uh, Probably the thing. It's a great movie. Yeah, Let's go. I think of like other ghost stories. Um, here's one I think is actually probably would, would fall in there. Uh, I really like this movie called Session Nine. That came out in like the early two thousands. Um, it's like a about these uh, asbestos cleaning crew that go clean out a mental hospital, and a bunch of stuff happens. Um, that movie's pretty good. I think it's genuinely pretty scary. Um, and let's go with oh, I got one, Fright Night. I really oh, love Fright Night. right. Uh, Eighty-five Fright Night. I really the remake is really great too, but I like the original more because it's what I watched growing up. 
Did you ever, um, or do you remember the movie Ghost Ship? Yeah. There was a, I always remember the one scene with like that wire that cuts through everyone on the dance floor. That's the one scene that I remember the most about that movie. And the little girl also. Didn't she survive that part? Mm -hmm. I think believe so, yeah. Yes, yeah, she did. Spoilers, sorry. Spoilers. Spoilers for like the first 10 Spoilers. minutes of the movie. Spoilers for Ghost Ship, if anyone was concerned. Right. <laughs> you know what a great horror movie is? Has anyone ever seen Sleepaway Camp? That's a that's a sleeper pick. Sleepaway Camp. Ah, yes. Heard of it. I've never seen it. So good. So good. Don't look, if you ever want to watch it, just don't don't read anything about it. Okay. You yeah. don't want to ruin what happens. That's true. That's oh, true. I do know. I know what you're talking. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's it's I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes, yeah. yes. That is a that's a, uh, I like to watch all of those weird like top ten whatever in whatever shit like the whole oh, yeah. watch like, mojo type of stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's like a top ten like twists and horror movies, yeah, and yeah. I feel like that's always the number sure one. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, I you know, know exactly what you're talking about now. You know what the number one jump scare is in a in a, in a scary movie? What is it? It's uh, it's in The Exorcist Three. If you've seen it, it's, it's I have part, not. The part where this. It's been a long time. It's, like, it's creepy. Like nurse comes out of nowhere with like these like oh. scissors. Oh yeah. Yes. It's, it's like like yeah. It's widely considered the, the greatest jump scare of all time. So I'm sure you've seen gifs of it and stuff. Yes, definitely but, have. Yeah. Yes, I know. Exactly I just watched that movie on this last weekend, and it's still a super super like effective jump scare. Even though I know it's coming, I'm just like it gets you. I can't. I there's that one scene in the exorcist where it does just that that small cut scene where it like just shows like the devil's face like Pazuzu. yes and so ever since then i i i couldn't even finish the movie i had to stop it I still have never watched the exorcist this is, a, is a very scary movie yeah it still scares me like possession stuff always scares is one yeah <laughs> and cult cult stuff always gets me actually I no like top cult. Five. I'd probably throw uh, Midsummer in my top five. Oh, I, yeah. I, I love Midsummer. Me it was too. Me, my, I won't say it was my favorite movie last year. It was because I actually like Booksmart more because I think I just enjoy that tone a little more, like just comedy mm -hmm. and just it was just I think it's something I'll watch more. But mm -hmm. uh, Midsummer was incredible. Like I think that movie is super great, and I think it's super smart with how it takes. Where it, where it takes you in the story, essentially, yeah. to where you're like, you're just like, you're along for the journey, and you're just kind of like, by the end of the movie, you're like, yeah, this is how it has to go. This is the way, this is the way it is. This is the world they live in, and I'm okay with this. <laughs> That's how I came out of it. <laughs> I, think it's, yeah. I, think it's, I think it's horrifying, but it, uh, you go along that journey, and you're just kind of like, yeah, I mean, this is the logical ending for this this story. I loved it. So, oh, what a great movie. I want to yeah, watch it. It's great. It's so good. I love it. Okay. One more I want to throw on there for you. What about It Follows? What do you think of that one? I liked it. It was fine. I, didn't lo I don't love it as much as everyone else does, but I think oh. it's, a, it's a cool. I think it's a really interesting concept and like the way it like treats like possession or like an entity. Yes. Um, exactly. It's a, a cool twist on it, but I, I didn't enjoy I, I I like it. It's a good movie. I just didn't love it as much as everyone else. I love the, the creepy, like the, the, the tall guy into the room. That yeah. Scare, that was my favorite. Yep. Anyway, Kelsey, back to you. All right. Next question from Malcolm. What musical do you think is very underappreciated? I mean, the obvious answer is Cats, right? 
I'll tell you what. Let me. I'll go on my. Here's a tank rant. Uh, I saw cats. I saw cats. Cats was one of the last movies I saw in theaters before the pandemic because so the 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 theater that we have here in town that I told you about already the, the independent theater they did a a cats movie party screening of, of cats which was essentially just a screening of the movie with that was like cat theme so there was like a co- costume contest there was like props that we had like that we would do during the movie. Um, there was like poppers, like when Griselda goes up into the whatever it is. Anyway, I digress. Uh, uh, that was one of the best theater experiences I have ever had in my entire life, and I would do. I would one hundred percent do it again. And I think like the guy who runs the programming at the Loft, I think what he was like, he what he wishes would happen is he would love for the Cats movie to catch on as like a Rocky Horror style like midnight mm-hmm. movie like, cult thing, um, because in that set that setting. That was like super fun. Like I, it was a packed theater, three hundred people watching Cats. There was no way in like the actual theatrical release, any theater was filled to that that much. But because of like this special event, there was three hundred people there, and it was a mix of people who genuinely were excited to watch the movie because they're just big cat people. Mm-hmm. Uh, like my friend Aaliyah from you know Aaliyah Moore from yep. from uh, she's a big into the Cats musical, like her favorite musical. So she was she went she I went with them and her, her and her husband, and they were genuinely excited. She was genuinely excited to see the movie. But then there's this mix of people who were like, this movie is going to be a, a trash fire and I'm here for it. And that's, that was also, yeah. that was anyway, awesome. I digress. Um, I think, I think Newsies is kind of underrated. The actual like Newsies like, musical. Um, it kind of like, kind of like got buried for a long time. And then they were like, Hey, let's add the, let's, let's get Alan Menken back and let's do a Broadway musical. And the Broadway musical took off. And it was like, you know, it's oh, amazing. I've seen it. It's it great. Is. Um, but I also really loved the movie. The movie was close to my heart growing up. And even though Christian Bale can't sing at all, I still no. enjoy it. And, um, uh, yeah, I just I think that movie's great. Um, so that would probably be my answer. I do love musicals, though. I'm a big mu- uh, musical fan. I have I listen to a lot of musicals. Yeah. Very cool. right. This question cracks me up a little bit. It's actually for Danielle. Uh, three episodes of Tales from the Crypt or eat two grilled cheese sandwiches with mayonnaise. Happy oh, birthday, Danielle. Sorry. Really oh, Lord. I still haven't made my grilled cheese with mayonnaise. I need to try it, but I haven't done it yet. I can't like it. Yet. I'm um, almost. I've heard from several people. Yes, I have heard same also. And anytime that Lucas and Alex are on an agreement with something, then I just kind of feel like it validates it a little bit more. But I think it's just gone to the point where I'm just never going to try it. That's going to be your first hour off the thing. That's what yeah. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what it's turning into. So I will watch three episodes of Tales from the Crypt. Please and thank you. Oh. All right. And this is more of an update from Chris Adams. Considering us stuff along if Tim wants in, we'll reach out to you later. <laughs> Look at us. I'm all Doing in. It. Watch that. We'll do it. All right. All and then, I guess, question. Midsummer over Hereditary? Uh, Midsummer. Midsummer. I like Hereditary a lot too. I think it's a great movie, but um, I liked Midsummer more. I thought it was just—I don't know. I thought it was just smarter and just—I don't know. Have you seen the My Plans 2020 meme with Hereditary? Yeah, I've seen a couple <laughs> versions of them, but they are all pretty much the same. Yeah, <laughs> that was like a big shocking moment for sure. I mean, when that happened in the movie, I'm just like, whoa. Ooh. Yeah. I didn't expect that. I expected that person to yeah be around a little longer. Yes, but uh, that was um, tough. that movie's great. I, I mean, Hereditary, like um, uh, Ari Aster, Robert Eggers, 
Um, and then these two guys, uh, Aaron, Aaron Moorhead and Justin Benson are like my favorite people working in the space right now, right now. Like they're just, they're doing incredible work and I get excited for everything that they do. So I'm excited for Eggers and Ari Aster's third film and, and ben, Benson and Moorhead have a film that was released, but it hasn't. It was released in 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 uh, at all the festivals, and but it hasn't been released widely, obviously, right now. So it's just they're, the they're really great. I don't huh? know what film did they do. I didn't know the movie. Um, they did this movie. So the move, the main, the big movie they did. It's on Netflix. It's called The Endless. Oh, uh, okay, okay, okay. Um, which is a really cool like sci-fi horror alternate dimension realities monster movie. Right. Um, that's great. And then before that, they did like a really small, low budget quasi prequel to that oh. um, called Resolution. And that's streaming on Amazon. And that's also very good. Okay. Have you seen Have you seen The Endless? I did see that. Yeah, I did not see it. You know, it. like the, the guys that are in the trailer park, the trailer? Yeah. Right, right. Uh, Resolution is essentially their story. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I'll take yeah. it. So it's in the same world and it's like their story. Right. Um, so, but they did a third movie called Synchronic that has to do with like a weird, like drug that's on the streets, and it's these two ambulance drivers, Anthony Mackie, and I forgot who else is in it. But um, it's like got good, good buzz. But yeah, they're great. If you haven't seen The Endless, check out The Endless on Netflix and Resolution on Amazon. I recommend watching uh, Resolution first. I, uh, I, yeah. <laughs> I did it the reverse, but yeah. All right, and we have a super chat that makes me blush a little bit. Here's the have amazing looks. Like, <laughs> thanks, <Aww>. Oscar. <laughs> Kelsey does look great. I love your new hair. I love how blonde you are, all of that good stuff. Oh, thank you. I appreciate yeah. it. You're so slick. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, next question. Favorite Daniel Craig Bond? Okay, it's Casino Royale. Yeah. All, right. all right, and then next question. Thoughts on Cabin in the Woods? I loved it myself. Cabin in the Woods is great. I mean, it's super fun. Um, it's not overly scary, really, unless you're like really sensitive to horror movies. But it's more just like tongue in cheek and just super fun and kind of like a uh, a homage to the genre overall. And you get lots of really great like monsters and creatures in the movie, you know, because the the film works and An epic looking and, man. Uh, it's got a really great finale. I feel like the finale yes. is amazing. You got a great performance by. Uh, Richard Jenkins and uh, Bradley Whitford. Yeah, Bradley, you know, you know, you know, you'll never see mermaids the same. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, Cabin in the Woods is, is awesome. It's also good, you know. You got Chris Hemsworth. Hemsworth. Yep. You know, yep. His, 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 his his moment in the movie is pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I love that movie. Oh, Drew, Drew Goddard, right? Directed it. Uh, yeah, Drew Goddard. Josh, we developed it into Drew yep. Goddard directed it, right? Yeah. I also got that Drew, uh, the Joss Whedon guy that's in Dollhouse. I forget his name, but uh, I like him too. Mm. Can't remember his name though. But perfect. And then we have Junk th Drunk Three PO again. My top is one is Hereditary, two Conjuring, one three The Witch, four Raw, and I'll throw in Thrillers Five Green Room. Green Room oh, is great. I yeah. love Green Room. I still haven't seen it. I I know about it and all of that stuff. But I, I still haven't. Seen I almost it. considered rewatching it last night on Netflix, but I was like, it was late, and I was like, oh, I don't know if I have the emotional energy to deal with this movie. It's late. It, do so, I do I want to watch that movie anytime soon, or should I wait? It's really good. It's okay. really good. It's really good. <laughs> it, 
and it's like you know Anton Yelkin's kind of like you know swan mm -hmm. song in a sense you know it's unfortunate yeah, yeah. But he's great in it Patrick Stewart's great in it he's so he's so creepy in that movie it's so and the guy the guy who one of the guys in it Macon Blair is directing he's supposed to direct something that's a remake of something I can't remember what it is yeah. but he's he plays the like the main the main like skinhead guy that's like trying to get the situation kind of covered up not the mm -hmm. one who's like He's not. He's the one that kind of. He's the one that. I don't want to say like is good, but he's kind of like has mm -hmm. some like maybe a conscience a little bit, you know, in the movie. Right. Yeah. Somewhat. Awesome. And then we have a question from our own Danny. What is your favorite horror film of twenty twenty so far? Um, uh, my favorite favorite horror film of twenty twenty is uh, The Invisible Man. Yeah. Uh, Invisible Man. Really I haven't seen a whole lot in twenty twenty. Obviously, there's not a lot that's come out. Mm -hmm. I don't think. But I also really enjoyed, I'll say this, I really, really enjoyed Underwater. Um, I wasn't going to see that movie. Mm -hmm. And then I read about the movie because I'm, like I'm like a guy that reads spoilers. I don't give a shit, so I read everything. Mm -hmm. And so I read about that movie, and I was like, holy shit, I need to see this movie. And I yeah. need to see this movie now. Because there's, have you seen it, Kelsey? I have not. It was one of those, oh. I was like, I want to go see it really bad. And then. That's kind of when the, the coronavirus stuff yeah. starts coming up. So I'm like, there is something in that movie that if people knew about that in the movie, more people mm -hmm. would have seen the movie because it's what made me see the movie. And other people I know were that when I when they knew about this, they were like, "Oh, I would see that movie." Yeah. So wow. that's true. Oh, okay. I need to watch. What it. the movie essentially is really about is pretty incredible. If you're a a horror fan, it's something very, 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 very big in horror overall. Underwater. Underwater. Yeah. Okay. I am too. I'm gonna put this on a list. So, oh, the Invisible Man is is incredible. I mean, Lee, Lee Winnell, mm -hmm. he's another guy working right now. That's great. Upgrade was fantastic. Yes, upgrade. Good to see, you know him taking on this. Uh, I think he's going to be doing more in that like that whole whole area. I think now, right? Because didn't he sign some deal? Mm -hmm. Yes. So, yeah. Neat. Perfect. Another question. What is your favorite horror remake, not reboot? Hmm. Uh, you know, it's probably, you know, the thing is amazing, obviously. Um, but I, I think I'm going to go, I, I'm going to do a tie between two movies. So I really, really love 1976 remake of the Invasion of the Body Snatchers with uh, Donald Sutherland, Leonard Nimoy, um, uh, Jeff Goldblum, all those people. That movie's genuinely frightening and it's really, really good. Uh, and the '50s version is also very good, but I just think that version's just more—it's just way more scarier. Um, and then I'm also going to say 1988's The Blob with uh, with Matt Dillon. Or Kevin Dillon. That movie's great. And that's also, I guess, you can kind of consider that movie a melt movie, I guess, in a sense. Uh, but it's, you know, that movie's great. I go with that. Absolutely. All right. Perfect. And we just have, looks like, a couple more questions, both Bond related and both from Forrest. What is your fave Bond song? Which we already have. Yeah. Yep. So, so this one, yeah, I answered it earlier. It generally floats between three films. Currently, it is uh, Nobody Does It Better from The Spy Who Loved Me by Carly Simon. Uh, the other ones would be uh, Goldfinger by Shirley Bassey and the instrumental um, theme from Honor Majesty's Secret Service. All right, perfect. Another question for us was also was answered earlier. 
Who's your bond? Who's your bond? <laughs> My bond is Sir Roger Moore himself. Can't go wrong with that. I love Roger Moore. All right. And I think there's just one more question. What is your favorite film featuring it? <laughs> Tank Girl. Yes. yes. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> nice. It was obsessed with Tank Girl growing up, so I have a love for it as well because we watched it so much. She was obsessed with that movie. I have had a crush on Lori Petty for such a long time, and um, I love that movie so much. And Danny in the chat knows we've been like ever since we first we both found out that we like Tank Girl. I think that might have been the first Wonder Twins thing thing that like we discovered with each other. We've just never been able to shut up about Tank Girl because it's such a great movie. (laughs) You got Naomi Watts in an early role, right? Yeah. Ice T, Malcolm McDowell. yeah. Gary Busey is also in it, I believe. Yeah. Yep. Um, just there's two. I've say I say this every time. There's two music breakdowns that are amazing. So let's do it. Let's just fall in love, man. <laughs> I think my runner-up would probably be Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Oh, great moments, great moments. That. Oh yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I like that. One. I like that one a lot. Not Goldeneye. Nah. <laughs> I no. love Goldeneye, but that one. Fast and Furious Six. <laughs> I only, I only recently watched the Fast and the Furious movies. For the longest time, I was like, I don't want to watch any of those movies because I had this whole like thing where I was like super, like really against like that whole street racing culture. I thought it was really stupid and dumb. So I was like, I don't want to watch that. It's just that's stupid. Right. And then as time went on. I understood, you know, I was like, oh yeah, well these movies are now just ridiculous action movies. And so eventually, I watched them. And I really enjoy the whole franchise a lot. I even like, I like the first one's probably my favorite. In terms of like overall, just because it's the first one, um, yeah, that's a great franchise. I love it. I did. I recently did the same thing. I turned it off for a long time. Yeah, I'm gonna watch it now. I like I'm fine with them too. I watch. I thought Hobbs and Shaw was fun. Even yeah, it's fun. It's fun. All right, and looks like that's the end of the questions. So thanks you chat for all your awesome questions tonight. Yay! Uh, thank you so much to everyone hanging out in the chat. This has been an awesome, fun Monday. Before we go, before we head out, Tim Franco, let us know where we can find you. Um, you can find me on Twitter at tfranco84. Um, I'm also on Instagram. I believe it's azbatman84. I don't really post a lot on there. Um, if you're beer drinkers, you can find me on Untapped at tfranco84 as well. You know, track my beer adventures there. See what I'm drinking. So I can see what you're drinking. I know I'm, I know I'm friends with PC on Untapped nice. and uh, a few other schmo down fan people I've friended on Untapped as well. So you know, you can find me on there. And then uh, if you're a patron for the schmo down, you know, um, I will have an exhibition match with Mike Kalinowski um, and Brad Gilmore um, for Bond. So. Um, if you're a patron, you'll get that. If you're not a patron, why aren't you a patron? And um, yeah, that's uh, what I have going on. Perfect. Very Thank cool. you so much, Modest. Kelsey, let us know where we can find you at it. All right, perfect. You can find me at KelseyKins90 on Twitter and Instagram. Also on the Call to Action podcast Instagram, so you can interact with me there. T Public, we've got merch, so check that out if you want to get some Showdown merch or some Call to Action merch. They have sales off and on. And then I do have my own YouTube channel. Just search Kelsey Kirkland and click on my face. Trying to get 200 subscribers. So if you help me with that, that'd be awesome. Yeah. What about you, PLD? PLD at Paul and Short Denuzzi on Twitter. Uh, you can find me on Class Action, uh, which is on the Action Industries YouTube channel. Thank you, Benninger, with my boy who is in the chat. I just saw him, Richard Eric Jarvie. 
Loaded Boy. Uh, we actually are going to be doing, I believe we're going to be doing the Wizarding World of Harry Potter versus the Middle Earth Saga this week. That's what we're going to go for. That's a good um, one. Yeah, it should be fun. And I also did start my own YouTube channel recently, uh, PLD Projects. I've been doing a walkthrough of the V Saga from the 1980s. Uh, and I will. I've been promising it for a while. I'm waiting for a couple of thumbnails, but I'm going to be starting the Harristance, the walkthrough <laughs> of the Ed Harris filmography. Because Love him as much as I do. If I can. So that's Super excited. <laughs> I cannot wait to watch that for sure. And as always, y'all, you know where you can find me. You can find me on Twitter at Danny Joy, D-A-N-I-E-E-J-O-Y. You can also find me here every Monday hanging out with Paul up on the Call to Action Network, all of that good stuff. Thank you so much to everybody hanging out in the chat. Thank you to everyone who wished me a happy birthday. You really, really, truly helped make this day feel a lot special being stuck in quarantine for my birthday has been kind of hard. Luckily, I have my family here. Got to celebrate with them. Also got to celebrate with all of you all. So thank you all so much for coming and hanging out. Thank you all for being so supportive of the show and the channel. We'll see you next Monday. And for everyone at Call to Action, as always, we salute you.